Introducing the new City Life Church app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sundays, browse and keep up with connect groups, stay up to date with church life through our blog section, and much more. Download the City Life app today. We are very encouraged to hear what God is doing through City Life to change lives. If you have a story to share of how City Life has impacted you, please let us know at story at citylifefw.org. God, I pray right now that every person in this room, that our hearts and our minds and our spirits will be wide open to everything you want to speak to us over these next few minutes. God, we ask again that you will speak to our hearts and change our lives. We will leave here different than the way we came in tonight by the power of the name of Jesus. For there is hope in this room. There's hope in this room. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share God's word with you. So I'm going to ask you guys just to quietly have a seat. And uh, some of you are probably going to want to get some notes out, write a few things down, because I believe that God's going to give some specific things to some of you. In fact, I was praying prior to tonight's message, and I was in my office and locked myself in there really all afternoon and and uh, and i just one of the things that, that i was praying is that is that god would take the words that i was saying and would would customize it for every person that's listening and 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 i i felt like god was saying you know there are going to be little things here you say here and little things there and that's going to be exactly what certain people need to hear and my prayer is that what what you need is going to come out you're going to hear it in these next few minutes i want you to open your ears open your hearts listen with anticipation, expecting God to speak to you. I understand. When you hear that, like, bam, that's for me, then you'll know it wasn't me talking. That's God talking. You understand how that works? Yeah, that is. There's hope in this room. I want you to get your notes out to write some things down. And if you have a Bible, Bible app, I need you to find Jeremiah chapter number 29. It's in the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter number 29. While you're looking up Jeremiah 29, uh, we're going to start at the beginning of that chapter. I just want to say, though, there is hope. That's the title of tonight, There is Hope. It's not over. You're not finished. There's hope for your future, no matter how bleak, how bad, or how desperate or how horrible things might look to you right now. And God has something big planned for you. I believe it with all my heart. What I like you to do is to kind of listen to a little story I have here. I remember when I was uh, I was almost 17 and, and I was in my senior year in high school and just starting my senior year and and I was uh, I was working a full-time job. Uh, my parents weren't earning very much money at the time and and uh, and so I, I, I worked a full-time job. I went to school in the morning hours. It was a work-study program. Went, so I worked this uh, 40 hours at a grocery store and I, where I'd bag groceries, and then I'd also carry them out and, and, uh, and clean, clean up the grocery store and the bathrooms and all that kind of stuff at nights. And that's, that's kind of what I did in high school my senior year. And I, I was, I'd really done good at the, the store. I, I'd really worked hard and, and felt like things were going good for me. I, I had... I had gotten, I, I had a car, I had a decent car, I had a good car, and I was able to pay it off, I was very happy about that, 
So I had my car to go to school. I had my car to go to work. It was paid off, and I was excited about it. And I would be so careful everywhere I drove to make sure I didn't accelerate too fast because I didn't want to suck up all the gas, you know, because gas was like, it was like 50 cents a gallon. And I'm telling you guys, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough when you made um, when you made 3.35 an hour. Okay, that's, that's what, so so yeah, it all kind of balances out. But but I was I'd really done good good, and, and the, the manager he uh, this is this is one uh, one one Sunday afternoon I was at work, and he he said Tim come up here come up here. So I went up to the manager's booth, and he said Tim. You know, I, I, would, I, I can really trust you with just about anything now, so would you do a favor for me? Could you run down? There's this little Mexican restaurant about three miles down the road. Will you drive down there to this little Mexican restaurant and grab me some food? And so I made him give me, you know, like, okay, what is it? I've never heard of it before. He goes, well, it's in a gas station. And so, I, all right, great, great. And so, so I was so excited. Man, it's like, this is great. So I got in my car. I know I didn't put on my seatbelt because we didn't put on seatbelts back in those days. It wasn't even the law. Does, do any of you recall the time when seatbelts were not the law and nobody wore seatbelts? It's like, what are these things for? Really, really, I'm serious. That was the world back then. You guys, any of y'all remember that? You remember that seat? Look, 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 look how times have changed. We didn't wear seatbelts. I got in my car and, and was driving so safe, so careful down the road, and and uh, there was this, but there was this huge hole in the road in my lane, and um, the hole was full of water. I didn't really see the hole, and at this point I was driving. I got my little my little Datsun 510 car. Remember the Datsun? Now that's way way back. That's before they changed the name to Nissan. And I, I, was, I was just going right along, and I didn't even know what happened, but I hit this hole, and bam, my, my wheel went into this hole, and then, I mean, it bent the rim, blew out the tire. My car flew across the street into oncoming traffic, and I, I, I hit this, this van head-on, and man, it was bad. My car crashed and smashed and spun around, and, and, uh, and I just remember, I remember like waking up, thinking, man, what has just happened here? And, and people were banging on my, my, uh, my window, and and I, I got out. I got out of the car, and thank God, you know, there wasn't any much blood. A little bit on my leg, and 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 uh, and it was it was. I was just dazed. Like, what in the world just happened? And and uh, I remember the screaming that was coming from the other car, and I felt so bad. I but I didn't know what was going on. It was it was a terrible, terrible, terrible situation there. And uh, I remembered remembered then that we had just because I was trying to save money, we just canceled the collision insurance on my car. And um, that car was, was gone. Fortunately, I was doing okay, and they wanted to take me to the doctor. I was like, no, that's going to cost money. So <laughs> I didn't go. And, and it, 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 it dropped me into this very, very, very low place because I had some dreams that I wanted to fulfill some things I wanted to do my senior year and uh, it all just dissolved it all went away everything turned and changed and then and I was young but I just felt like my life's over everything good that I had going for me is now bad everything's wrong everything is horrible and uh, and it just seemed to get worse and worse and worse I felt like, God, where, where are you? You know, this is kind of stupid. <laughs> if you really cared about me and loved me, you wouldn't have let this happen. You guys feel like that? You, you feel like, you know, things aren't going the way you planned? 
your world is all of a sudden turned upside down and whenever you're around people, you're choking back the tears, hoping not to cry in front of someone else because life just kind of stinks at the moment. Well, that's what was happening in this passage of Scripture. And that's what's happening in many of your lives right now. In Jeremiah 29, um, just to give you the setting, Jeremiah is this prophet of God in the city of Jerusalem. And there's a backstory to what was happening uh, uh, in 2 Kings chapter number 24, which I don't want you to have to turn there. You can read this on your own. But there was this king, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Uh, when, you learned, when you studied world history, that was Nebuchadnezzar the Great. Uh, he, was this, he was this king of, of Babylon. Uh, and, and he came in and he just annihilated Jerusalem, literally annihilated it. Uh, just tore up everything in the temple, took all the stuff that Solomon had put in there centuries earlier, and, and, and then took 13,000 people back to Babylon. They had to walk uh, you know, back to Babylon on foot. Uh, this, is, this is hundreds and hundreds of miles. And they, they took away all the leading nobles, and, and among those are like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which is from another story, but that was that same time period. And he, they took them all away. And, and they left basically some of the poorest people right there in the city. And Jeremiah was one of those people that was left there. And God spoke to Jeremiah and said, write a letter to all the people, those 13,000 people who have been taken into exile. I want you to tell them something. Give them my word. And this was, this was a tough time. Take a look at it in Jeremiah chapter 29. Look at verse 1. <clears throat> it says, this is the text of the letter from the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people that Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this wasn't just to the, the, the higher level people. This was to every person. All 13,000 people were supposed to hear this. In other words, this is kind of like, this is kind of like a sermon for a whole church of 13,000 people, all right? They would have recognized and known this is Jeremiah. This is a significant prophet. It says this was after King Jehoiachin. He was the king in that time in Jerusalem. And the queen mother, his mom, the court officials and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and artisan had gone into exile from Jerusalem. So this was a bad, bad time. Look down at verse 4. So it says, the letter said, it said, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And you've got to imagine these people were feeling really, really, really low. Uprooted from their land, homeland. They've been tortured. Their lives were falling apart. And here's the word of God to them. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters and increase in number there. Do not decrease. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, and eat what they produce. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. Whoa. That's not what they wanted to hear. What? camp out where we are we don't like this we don't like where we are down at verse 11 god also says to them for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord 
plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I'll listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This is a powerful passage of Scripture because it talks about how to handle life when everything falls apart. And, and I pull out of this some really interesting, interesting facts. And the first one is this, is that when everything falls apart, you need to listen to what God is saying to your church. I'll tell you, that's, that's right in there in verse 4. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty says to all of those who were carried into uh, exile from uh, Jerusalem to Babylon. See, God was still speaking through the prophet corporately to everyone. I mean, don't be so down and so discouraged that you're not going to go to church, you're not going to hear what God is saying in your church. You need to be in your church, you need to hear what God is saying week in and week out because that is God's revelation for you and God will give you the next steps that you need for your journey when you're listening to God. I'll tell you, one of the biggest, I, you know, I, I was raised in a pastor's home and, and uh, I've seen this all my life and one of the biggest mistakes that I've seen over and over and over again is that when a person goes through a really tough time or things go bad on them or they mess up spiritually or they mess up with, with their life or maybe they mess up financially, well, they get embarrassed and they, they get down and disappointed and, and they drop out of church and like, we don't want anyone to see them down. Well, you know, it's like around here, it's like, ah, we stick with one another through the ups and downs of life, through your successes and your failures. You know, it doesn't matter because you're all a failure. You're, you're all our success, and that's the way life is, you know? So d d don't drop out, but, but I've, I've seen that happen. I've heard people say, well, I'm not going to come to church anymore. I'm just going to kind of read the Bible on my own. I mean, like, I just want to go hogwash. You're lying to me. <laughs> and I have done this before. I, sometimes I get a little gutsy. I'm a gutsy pastor. I am a little bit gutsy. No, I'm a lot gutsy. I've asked people, say, okay, good, what are you reading right now? <laughs> John. Oh, good, good, what's John saying? Jesus is good. Okay, yeah, Jesus is good. The devil is bad. You're not reading your Bible. Come on. You see, we're supposed to be reading our script on the Bibles, but God has a corporate word for you, just like he did through Jeremiah to everyone. God not only speaks to you privately and personally through your own prayer life and through your own scripture reading, but God speaks to you through your local church. That's the way God set it up. When you're down, when everything falls apart, be in church and hear what God is saying to the group because God is talking to you specifically at the same time. Secondly, when everything falls apart, you just keep your life moving forward. Keep moving forward. Verses 5 and 6 says, you know, you're out here stuck in this bad situation and you need to go ahead and, and, and find yourself a wife and have some kids and build some houses and settle down and, and build, plant some gardens and eat the food that you produce. And In other words... Just because life stunk yesterday doesn't mean that you should sit there and sulk. Life is so hard, I don't know what to do. Well, get back up and keep moving. That's what, that's what God told Jeremiah to tell the people. God is saying to these people, hey, listen, don't just cry and whine. Get yourselves up and start moving on with your life. Keep your life moving forward. For some of you, that's what you need to hear right now because you're stuck, things messed up for you, and you don't know what to do, and you're mad and you're frustrated. Well, here's God's word to you. You need to keep moving forward. Stop sulking. Sometimes others will say, well, things kind of messed up to me, so I'm just going to kind of get a dream, and I'm going to think about that dream, and I'm going to pray about that dream, and I'm just going to sit back and wait on God. Well, you know, actually, that's kind of stupid too. I'll just tell you, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was pastoring in Missouri, 
as I pastored in that wonderful state of Missouri that, that I now call the state of misery, but I couldn't call it that while I was there, but I came back to Texas. But, but when I was pastoring in the state of Missouri, it was so funny. I, I could tell some of the stories now because you would have no idea what I'm talking about and they won't ever know anyway. But it was so funny that there was this, there was this, uh, there was this couple in the church. I remember when I first became the pastor, it was a really nice couple that came and met me, and, and, the, and people said, oh yeah, this lady, she serves a lot, and they didn't really say much about her husband, but this lady, she's really awesome, she serves a lot and, in the community and in the church, and that was terrific. But I, I noticed that her husband was har- hardly ever in church, and, and so w- one day I went to her and I said, Where, where's your husband? I, I, I noticed that you come and you sit on the second row every Sunday, and you're right there singing and worshiping, you have your Bible out, and you're serving in the church. Well, where's your husband? Is everything okay? Is he working? She goes, well, he kind of hit a rough patch about five years ago. And during that time, he felt God telling him he was going to be a pastor. So what he does is he stays at home and he prays and reads his Bible. I said, well, he wants to be a pastor, but he won't go to church? I'm like, what? 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 And, and, and I said, Tell me more. And I said, well, where does he work? She goes, she, she said, he doesn't have a job because he's having faith that somebody is going to call him up and say, I have a church for you to pastor. The guy showed up to church maybe three or four times a year. When he'd show up, I'm like, yes, yes. And then he'd be gone the next week. And he, so it was, and that was, it was that way for years. And I just thought, how sad. He won't even provide for his own family family and he's out there living on some dream and won't keep a job you know i'm telling you guys he's hold, he was holding his family in poverty just waiting around for something you know what you need to just get up and get busy just get up pull yourself up to some of you you're kind of stuck right now you need to just to pull yourself up tomorrow set your little alarm okay if you don't have one you know ha- set it up and i can set it up like an automated thing to call you or something like that i won't like call you personally i'll i'll have a, a voice thing do it for you all right but Get up in the morning, get up, put some nice clothes on, you take yourself a shower, and you get out the door, and you start looking for a job. So I, that's why I said, and some of you, you need to just go ahead and start looking for that wife, or start looking for that husband, all right? Start having kids. I don't know. I don't know. That's just what the Bible says. But in other words, keep your life moving forward. That, that is, have kids if you're married, okay? Now, please, everything in, in context here. I know, I know this is a younger congregation, all right, but, one of the things that I noticed in the uh, 2008, 2009, 2010 Great Recession was uh, there wasn't a lot going on. A lot of great people lost their jobs. But, but there were certain people who were resilient, and they would keep getting up and going out and working and working and started trying to do something. And they're the ones that rebounded the best. I remember at that time I had just moved down here uh, to, to start this new thing that God was going to do, and little did I know there was going to be the Great Recession. It's like, well, that kind of stinks. My timing was off. God, hello? What were you thinking? God, hello? You, you're supposed to send me to, back to Texas when the economy booms, not when it's the bust of my life. And came back here, and, and I didn't have a job. And, and we're like, where do you get a job? So, so I ended up, you know, a friend of mine said, come run, your, run my business. I said, I don't know how to do that. He said, yes, you do. I said, no, I don't. We started fighting. I thought, wait a minute. He's offering me a job. I'm going to do it. I said, okay, how do I do it? He said, just run it the way you run a large church. It's like, that won't work. He said, yes, it will. We argued a little bit, whatever. And I ended up running the business for him. But there were no sales. There was nothing was happening. It was dead. And 
we had, you know, employees started quitting, and I was kind of happy because it, you know, reduced the payroll a little bit. It's like, well, good, because we don't have anything to pay these people. And I mean, I really, I, well, I, I didn't fire anybody, but, but they just kind of started going away. I'm like, okay, good. You know, we can have a little bit of margin here. And, and we just, there was no sales. So I went, I was like, well, I'm going to start doing sales. And so I went out, and I just started meeting people, making friends. I spent six months in 2009, six months I remember it was from April, let's see, it was March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Six months doing sales calls and finally got my first sale after six months. It stunk. But I was so happy. And you know what the thing is? We were, I was doing that and we started getting business. We started getting business when the other companies who were doing the same thing as us started going out of business in town. We were the one in town that survived. You know, sometimes it means just you just got to get out there and tough it, even though nothing looks, looks like nothing's happening. Here's the next one. When everything falls apart, this is important. Seek the peace and prosperity of your city. But listen, I think we can also take that a little different and say seek the peace and prosperity of your company. Now, some of you who own companies, you're going, yes, amen, preacher, pastor. If you're not the owner, you're probably going to say, now, come on, preacher. No, no, no. In verse 7, you have to understand what they're saying is, is you need to get in there and you need to work really hard at whatever you're doing, even though you hate it. And you need to pray for whatever you're doing and that company or that city to be blessed. Now, you have to remember that these people who were exiled, they were in a foreign country with foreign languages, uh, serving foreign gods, and, and eating these horrible foods that they didn't even like. And, 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 and every, they didn't have their homes. They had, none of, they had nothing they left with the clothes that were on their back. Do you think they liked being there? Sometimes I hear people, well, I don't like my job, and so I hate my boss, and I'm not going to try anymore, or I'm going to quit. And You're making money, you know? Are, are you like, is this a legal business or something? Or are you like doing drugs there or something? I mean, it's like, seek the peace and prosperity of the place where you are, even though it might be miserable at the moment. Someone say, preach it. Preach it. Those of you who don't like what I'm saying say, I wish it would stop. No, no, don't worry, because I'm not going to. Because this is what the Word of God says. And then you pray that it will be blessed. Pray that your company will be blessed. Pray for your boss. Pray for the blessing on your boss. Well, I don't like my boss. Pray for them to be blessed anyway. And I'm telling you, even for the city, it says pray for your city. That's one of the things that I stand for in this city, is that I pray for the peace and prosperity of our city, and I work hard at making this place peaceful and prosperous. You know, I'm just one guy amongst many in Fort Worth, but, but the, the, the Word of God says that if my city prospers, or if my company prospers, then I will prosper. Doesn't matter what you like, doesn't matter what you don't like, because God's Word to them, we're in a situation where they didn't like it. They were forced exiles. It's like what I shared this morning. The generous man will be blessed. He who refreshes others will be refreshed. The law of reciprocation, even though you don't like where you are. Proverbs 11 on that one. The fourth thing to do when everything falls apart is this, is to remember that God has plans for you. God has plans for you. Verse 11 makes it clear. He's not forgotten you. Even though things look so dark, there's a hope and a future. I'm telling you guys, there is hope. Authentic hope. 
what it is. It's this, it's this continual, uh, persistent, yet patient belief that the best is yet to come. I say that around here a lot. The best is yet to come. I had someone say, well, I don't know if the best is yet to come. I think it's already behind me. Well, then if you start saying that, then you have no hope. If you have no hope, you can have no faith. I don't want you to be in that situation because, because authentic hope is just this consistent, persistent, yet very, very patient belief that the best is yet to come. How many of you, you want that for your life? You believe the best is yet to come. You need to be patient, be persistent. You keep moving forward because your best is yet to come. This is expectation of the future. It's trusting in Jesus that what Jesus says is true because the truth is hope really comes from Jesus. Jesus is your hope. I love it because a few minutes ago we were singing that song, um, Oh, Praise the Name of Jesus. And then we came to that little verse about, about Jesus returning and we're going to see him in the sky and we're going to rise to meet him. And, and, in, and what we were singing about as we were singing that, I was thinking, you know, that is what the Bible calls in the book of Titus, Titus chapter 2.13, it says that that is the blessed hope. The blessed hope. The blessed hope is that one day... Jesus is going to come down into the clouds and those who love him, who fear him, who have given their lives to him, those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus will rise from this earth. The dead in Christ will rise also and we will go to be with Jesus and we will forever be with the Lord. That is the blessed hope. That's the ultimate hope. I was like, well, it doesn't happen. It's not happening. Things are looking bad around here, but the blessed hope is this expectation, persistent patient belief that the best is yet to come and the ultimate best that's yet to come is Jesus coming back for you I'd say that's a pretty awesome future God has a hope for you God has a future for you he has it for you but there are conditions as to whether you're going to receive it or not a lot of people claim Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11 but they leave out all the other stuff around it and God says hey there's some things you've got to do all right and here's the last one. When everything falls apart, pursue God. Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11, verse 12 and 13 and 14, and make it really clear, you better pursue God. He says, call on Him, pray to Him, seek Him, listen to Him. You, you talk to Him and you listen to Him. And whenever you do that, He's going to say, He'll, he'll say, you'll find me. You'll find me if you start pressing in. You'll, you'll, you, you will actually hear back from me if you start praying to me. He, what God is saying to some of you right now is you, you, need, you just need to stop the nonsense of all the extracurricular things that you're doing and just take a few minutes pursuing God every day. What would happen in your life if you literally took 10 minutes out of your day? I know some of your days are crazy busy. Others of you, you spend 90% of your day on Netflix. But, but whatever it is, you take 10 minutes out of your day and pursue God with all your heart. What would happen in your life if you did that for six months? I'm telling you, you will find God. God will answer you. You're going to start seeing some prayers answered. You'll start seeing some things happen. You're saying, you know, the hope that I have, the future that I want, it's coming to pass. What happened to me back here, it's back there. And I thank God that I'm moving forward. And, and people can look at you, well, wh how things turned out good for you? Well, you know what? I'm seeking God. I'm calling on him, praying to him. I'm seeking him. And I'm telling you guys, he will listen. Trust me, I know. Your hope is Jesus. Your, your best is Jesus yet to come and today i want there to be an infusion of hope in this room an infusion of hope what i'm going to ask you to do is to listen to what god spoke to you tonight take it receive it do it 
Bible says to act on what you hear. What is it that God spoke to you to do tonight? Do it, even now. We're going to move back into a time of worship. And as we begin worshiping tonight, what you're doing is you're, you're saying, God, I'm going to worship you. That's part of seeking God. God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to worship you, even though life sucks. You know, sometimes it just does. But Jesus has come that you may have life and have it to the full. He brings you hope. And my prayer tonight is that every person in this room will be infused with hope before you leave here. City Life is able to continue making Jesus known through the consistent investments of many. And if you would like to invest financially into the vision, you can do so at citylifefw.org. Simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can stay connected through Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday.